Kansas anymore. Are you ready? Now I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and move the entire site from Dodge head. Hello, and welcome back to the BBFC podcast. I'm Megan, Press and Communications Officer here at the BBFC, and today we have reached a very important landmark, our 100th podcast. To mark this occasion, we have a very special guest lined up for you. You might notice a slight difference today in that I will not be hosting. Instead, I'll be handing the mic over to our Head of Compliance, Craig Lapper, who will be in conversation with none other than the film critic, journalist and musician, Mark Kermode. So please tune in as Mark and Craig discuss our history, film classification and how it has changed over the last decade. To find out more about the films discussed in this podcast, check out our website or download our free app and make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. As always, if you have any podcast requests or want to tell us your feedback, email podcast at bbfc.co.uk. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Mark. Thanks very much for coming in on to the BBFC podcast. I can't believe it's taken me this long to get on. To actually get on to the podcast. How many episodes is this, this now? This is now the 100th episode. It's taken 100 so episodes exactly before I was on I'm, it. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll not leave it so long in the future. Um, so we thought it'd be interesting today to ask you a few questions about the BBFC, both historically yeah. and where we are now, yeah. and you know what you think about uh, what the board's doing at the moment. And this is because I kind of have a history of yes. having written about the BBFC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Years. Yeah, okay. Um, so, thought it'd be interesting to start off by asking you what your earliest memory of BBFC classifications is. Personally, well, I remember it really clearly. That, mm. You know, when I was a kid going to the cinema in the nineteen late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies, I was always absolutely fascinated by, thrilled by certificates. Mm. So there was, you know, when I was a kid, it was U A, then double A, mm-hmm. and, and then X, and. Mm. And I remember the first double A certificate film that I saw, which was Blazing Saddles, which I saw at the Classic in Hendon when I was 12. I was too young and I stacked my shoes with a newspaper in order to be big enough, you know, to look like a 14-year-old. Of course, actually, mm. it, 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 I don't think they were that bothered it was Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I remember, you know, the thrill of going to see X-rated movies when you were old and the, and the X coming up at the mm. beginning. So I was always really interested in cinema classification. And then when I started writing about film in the 1980s, when I was in Manchester, that kind of interest in censorship because I was a horror fan, still am a horror mm. fan. Obviously, if you're a horror fan, you get very quickly into the which version am I seeing this film mm. in? Who's done this thing to the film? And of course, in the period that I was really watching cinema, the BBFC um, was under James Furman. Mm. And James Furman had a very particular personal stamp. Mm. He um, he did rule the roost very much f- from his own judgment. And he had some key bugbears with films that I was very passionate about, one of which was The Exorcist, which, you know, we I ended up interviewing him a- mm. about it a- a- over the years. So I was always interested in, in film classification. And I should say, incidentally, that I've passed this on to my children because my son who's now grown up when he was young that was for a birthday and you I don't know whether you remember this but I brought him to the BBC he had a day mm, at the BBC that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and he which he just thought was the most thrilling thing yeah. ever because I thought when I was a kid what would I find really exciting yeah. going to the BBFC so, yeah you know when you look back on that 
uh, James Furman period in yeah. the 80s and 90s. As you said, uh, for any horror fan, um, there would have been a, a fairly difficult relationship <laughs> between you know horror fans and the BBFC uh, in that period. But how do you feel about that looking back now? Do you Can you see more than you did at the time the difficulties that James was facing, you know? Yeah, I, can, I mean, here's the thing. What James Furman did, well, I mean, James Furman took over after a kind of complicated period, you know, the Murphy years. There was a lot of, you know, we'd had straw dogs and, you know, mm. the, there was a lot mm. of, at the, the early 70s, there were a lot of very controversial titles. Mm. And, um, you know, you had Trevelyan and then Murphy and then Furman taking over and, as far as I understand, his kind of approach was, look, let me sort this out. Mm. Let me, mm. because there was a lot of, you know, division in, uh, in audiences and critics about what people should or shouldn't be allowed to see. Mm. James Furman very much was a patrician who believed, mm. I understand this stuff, I will sort it out. Mm. But part of that was a lack of openness, um, mm. was that he you know, he would make his decisions and he would make his decisions in private mm. and they wouldn't be kind of, you know, publicly discussed. Trevelyan had always been a much more kind of uh, mm. garrulous figure. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. were all these stories about John Trevelyan going up and down Soho, waving mm. at the pornographers who all yeah, loved yeah, him yeah. because he was saving them from imprisonment. Yeah. And then Stephen Murphy, who who did a very good job under very difficult circumstances. Mm. So um, my, my impression with Furman was that he was negotiating... And I did interview him quite a few times mm. uh, over the years, although the f getting an interview with Furman was really, really difficult. Mm. Um, for example, I remember um, one of my first encounters with him was that Julian Petley and I wrote a piece for the BB for um, Time Out magazine about mm. film classification censorship, as it was you know, still referred to then, um, which was a big kind of uh, you know, look back with James Furman. And the two things I remember was this. Firstly... Julian had to do the interview on his own because Furman wouldn't allow me in the room. Right. And the second thing was, I remember waiting out. So, you know, Julian and I got all the questions sorted out, what we wanted to ask about. Things like The Exorcist, which mm. had been outlawed on, on video, but nobody mm. had admitted that it mm. was. Mm. You know, it was it, yeah, it, yeah. You could, it didn't have a certificate. It came mm. out on video. Then the Video Recordings Act came in. Then the copies of The Exorcist disappeared off the shelf, and mm. then they never came back. Mm -hmm. And I'd written a piece for Video Trade Weekly about, you know, whatever happened to The Exorcist. Mm. And everyone said, well, it's been banned. Everyone knows mm. it's been banned. Mm. So Julian and I had talked through these kind of key cases, key questions of what Julian would ask, because Firm would only have one person in the room. And he knew Julian. He didn't mm. know me. And he was very much that he would talk to people that he knew. Yeah. So Julian went through these things, and one of the questions was, what's the story with The Exorcist? Mm. And I think that was the first time Furman actually kind of tacitly admitted that, yes, it had, you know, the yeah, official yeah, yeah. version was it hasn't been submitted, mm. but the reason it hadn't been submitted was that Furman had told, told Warner Brothers, yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to submit it because that yeah. will then force me to make a yeah. decision that I don't want to make. Yeah. Now, that is completely the opposite of what, we're, where we are at now, yeah. and, you know, I've used this phrase over and again, and I'll say it again, is that the, the BBFC is now the most open and accountable uh, classification body anywhere in the world, as far mm. as I can tell. I mean, you compare the BBFC to the MPAA, and I mean, it's, just, you know, it's mm. it's not even, you know, you know, it's apples and elephants. Mm. Um, and, but back then, it wasn't, it wasn't just that the decisions were strange. It was that mm. even finding out what the decisions were mm. was a problem. Yeah. So I remember at one point, um, I had a a, co a, co a friend who who worked uh, in the BBFC, who um, who sort of tried to raise the issue of mm. the Exorcist mm -hmm. with with Furman, mm -hmm. and 
you know, he said even getting the file was hard. Mm. Even actually mm. being given the file to yeah. look at. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I I did get access to the file, and and it and it told us what we all knew, mm. which was that that Furman had a very he had a very personal and in his mind, very good reason for not allowing that film to be available on video. He had yeah. decided that it was particularly traumatizing for children, yeah. and which incidentally it is, um, and that because so many children now had videos in their bedroom, yeah. I mean, you know, heaven knows if he had envisaged the world yeah. now yeah, of the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. you know the kind of yeah. bandit country yeah. that the internet is now. And he genuinely thought that he was protecting that audience from that film. And he also, to his credit, didn't want to cut it. No. Because he knew that cutting it wouldn't make any difference. I mean, mm. famously, there's the story mm. about Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. coming back three or four times. Yeah. And they made cuts and didn't make any difference. It was still the same yeah. film. Tonally as well. Tonally, yeah. exactly. And tonally, the, and funnily enough, when we made The Fear of God in 1998, the BBC documentary about The Exorcist, in which Furman spoke on mm. the record about why he had effectively, you see, mm. you have to keep saying mm. this, effectively outlawed yeah. rather than yeah, banned yeah, yeah, The Exorcist yeah. on video. Um, Friedkin said afterwards, well, I respect him. He, he makes sense. You know, he mm. takes it seriously because mm. he said the thing about it's not banned because it's a bad movie. It's mm. banned because it's a very good movie. Mm. I completely disagree with the judgment. Mm. But, um, mm. but it was even getting him to the point of accepting that that's what had happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. years. This yeah. massive selling title yeah, was yeah, not yeah. available. Yeah. And that used to drive me crazy. It used to drive me absolutely crazy because it was, you couldn't even get an answer. Yeah. And you'd ring the BBFC. And if you were, if you, uh, you know, after years of being that bloke from time out, yeah. Furman would take the call. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. Know, usually you'd get through to somebody who, and James yeah. is very busy at the yeah, moment. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it was, and this is my, my key memory of it. I remember the first time I ever actually got into the mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. And of course he was he was charming company. Yeah. yeah I mean, really yeah, he was charismatic yeah, and yeah, you know. Yeah. It was like an, an audience with the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was kind of almost I mean, you know, Margaret Ford was very approachable, but yeah. James meeting James Furman was yeah. like meeting the Pope. Yeah, and there, it, there was a sort of level of secrecy even within the BBFC. I mean, you you talking about titles like The Exorcist, uh, James did used to have his famous draw on <laughs> on the second floor of the BBFC where he would just put titles that were too difficult to handle. Yeah. And it could come as a surprise even to BBFC staff that certain things had in fact been submitted. <laughs> I remember when The Exorcist finally came back to us in 98, 99, for video yeah. release yeah. when James was on the way out and some of the examiners at the time were expressing surprise uh, that The Exorcist had in fact been submitted in the 80s because they knew nothing about it yeah, exactly. and that there wasn't a, a paper trail. Yeah. But I, I mean, I guess in, in fairness to James, uh, probably the first thing you didn't want to do uh, when the Video Recordings Act came in was uh, pass uh, The Exorcist and, and the video nasties that had, you know, in some way brought the legislation in. Well, well his uh, whole thing was always, yeah. the time is not right. Yeah, exactly. The Time, and you go, right, yeah. okay, well, it's five yeah, years ago yeah. now. You but know? He, I mean, he had his own rough ride in a way, didn't he? Because just, just whenever it seemed like the time might be right, some new horror story came about yeah. video violence or, you know, the yeah. Child's Play 3 incident. And when it looked like something might be moving forward, suddenly, a few years later, it wasn't the right time again. Except, as we yeah. know, that yeah. that situation about being somehow answerable to the tablet yeah. is the worst exactly. possible thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't... I mean, I remember in that, in one of the interviews, James Furman actually said, the thing is, you have to understand that there is a whole, you know, there is a Daily Mail readership yeah. out there that isn't you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm not just answerable to the Guardian yeah. and the, you know, the middle class, you lot. Yeah. He said there is a hole. And it's very easy to forget that it was in the fairly comparatively recent past in my lifetime, you know, that the Daily Mail and Chris Tookie actually campaigned not only to have David Cronenberg's crash banned, mm, mm. but for people to boycott Sony yeah, yeah. as a result yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's weird because I think nowadays that period has passed. Mm. I think we are beyond those mm. cases. I mean, obviously, the, you know, the period around the turn of the century was the Great Watershed, mm. you know, Human Rights Act and, mm. you know, freedom mm. of expression. All mm. that stuff really did fundamentally change everything. And the introduction of, you know, legitimately classified hardcore pornography for the first yeah. time in the UK, which Furman yeah. had kind of experimented with. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah just didn't tell anyone yeah. that he yeah. was doing it, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. kind of created a problem. Yeah, there was a bit of a presentational issue with that one, but yeah. Oh, is that yeah, the yeah, official yeah, phrase, exactly. presentational yeah. issue? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was, yeah. A, there was yeah. a presentational yeah. issue, yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, I think that whole thing, we're in a, we're in a whole different world, and it's yeah. kind of almost difficult now to remember what it was like before yeah. that. But, but, was, but I think you're right in terms of, you know, one of the major changes after James left and Robin Val took over as director, the board was very keen to ensure that we were as open as we could be, that if we made a decision, we'd explain it. Yeah. And I think crucially in terms of avoiding being led by, you know, a particular demographic with a particular vested interest was the idea of consulting the public. And by that, I mean the UK public as a yeah. whole about what the guidelines should be. So yeah. I think that's, that's, that's made our job a lot easier. Yeah. in a way because we can say we're mirroring what the public ask us to do and we're telling you what we've done and why we've done it. So. Well, the consultation was absolutely crucial. I also think actually having a, a press PR department yeah. that, that was there to, to yeah. do the job yeah, rather yeah. than before, which was just to put a firewall around yeah. everything. Yeah. And of course, I mean, I think the first time that you and I probably were properly in contact was around the time of the last house on the left case mm, mm. and of course this is i mean i you know i, I cite this all the time because mm. last house on the left was a film that was famously outlawed well in every in yeah. every form yeah, yeah, for yeah, a long yeah. time um you know james Furman had a particularly interesting take on wes craven anyway mm. he was because that's the other thing he was quite he was quite wily you know mm, and it, mm. i remember him i remember him once you know talking about, I think it was a presentation at the NFT mm. and him saying mm. something, well, you know, if you look at Craven's oeuvre, yeah. really? Um, yeah. And so Last House on the Left had been, you know, banned in various versions. It, it is a very, very nasty film. There's no getting away from mm. it. I think it's historically important. Mm. But it was being put out on um, DVD by um, uh, was it Blue, yeah, Underground? Blue Underground? Blue Underground. Think, yeah. Carl Daft. Mm. And they were trying to get it, get it uncut because, as mm. you know, one of the things with horror fans is you, it's completism is a big thing. Mm. It's a, we, we want the mm. longest, the mm. most complete course, version. Yeah. And uh, it had finally got down to the point that the BBFC were willing to pass it with something like 15 seconds of yeah, cuts. Yeah, that's right. Minimal, you know, cuts, mm. butt cuts. Mm. And Carl had gone to appeal, mm. um, the, which was the Video Appeals video Committee. Appeals Committee, yeah. And I had been um, enlisted as, in inverted commas, as a star witness mm. to, uh, to to write a presentation about mm. how important Last House on the Left was. Mm. And I wrote this thing, you know, mm. said blah, blah, mm. and, you know, this thing and what it was. And uh, and then the, the, the hearing was done. And mm. uh, at the end of the, of, the, of the hearing, the conclusion of the committee, which was... Who was the head of the committee? I keep thinking Biddy Baxter. Was John Wood was the head. No, yeah. but there was there was somebody who was from television, 
somebody who had worked in like television. Oh yes, it might have been Biddy or, or I think Faye, it was, but probably some, Biddy, some, yeah, some yeah, quite yeah, big yeah, name yeah, from yeah, the pub yeah, was there. Yeah. Anyway, the end. The short version mm, of this is at mm, the end of the committee, they not only mm, upheld the cuts, they doubled them. That's right. They, they doubled said them up the to board hadn't been harsh enough, that's right, which yeah. was incredible. So, again, I think that was um, there. There are many things you could say about that, but I think again, it was very difficult timing wise because the film had come in for uh, cinema classification about a year or so before, that's right. and the board had asked for about a minute and a half of cuts, yeah. which the company had said no to. Yeah. And then, of course, the film comes back a year or two later, and it's quite hard to move from, you know, we need to make one and a half minutes of cuts to, to no cuts. So I think Robin's perspective was, well, if we only ask for a few cuts, that will probably yeah. be a reasonable compromise. And but, our perspective was, no, no, it has to be... Absolutely, it has to be all or nothing. But that's now become, you know, the thing that will hang around my neck is yeah. that I was the person you, who was responsible feel... for double... Well, I doubled oh, the cuts, well, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't I... Th- I don't think you should feel too bad about <laughs> I that. I just kept I think, my yeah. mouth shut, yeah, it would yeah, have been yeah. fine. No, no, I don't think so. But it is interesting you saying about that. There used to be so much... Um, well, there still is to a degree amongst horror fans' obsession about the correct version, what yeah. version am I getting? Nowadays, with so few things being refused classification, so yeah. th- few things being cut, you almost sense there's a certain sense of disappointment on the part of horror fans that, that that's gone away. I do remember when we passed Texas Chainsaw Massacre back in 99 and some people writing to us saying that going to the cinema, seeing our black card on the front of the film somehow ruined the experience <laughs> for them because, you know, this film that they'd seen as a sort of outlaw piece it was a had GLCX, now been legitimised. It? it was a GLCX yeah. and then uh, then I think Camden Council gave it a load yeah. late in 98 and I, then the board passed it shortly after I definitely that. saw it with a with a GLCX and yeah. I do remember thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know, exactly. That was... That's it. It had a sort of lure of the forbidden. Yeah. And, and I, rem- that... I remember talking to people about, you know, Video Nasties a few a few years back when I was doing some panel discussion with Deodato yeah. and people were talking about the Video Nasties and, and I, I, I just had to say, well, look, you know, you've, you've got to, now that most of them have been passed in some version or, or other, you've got to have some gratitude for the, the fact the DP who put this list together yeah. for you. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about any of these films 25 years later. But the, okay, the hilarious thing about the DPP list, you mm. know, which, you know, weirdly, because there was two lists, there was a short list, and there was mm. the list that got called the Big 60, even though it never yeah, was yeah. 60, it was yeah. either 58 or 72, yeah, depending yeah, on which yeah. version you had. Mm. But it was the checklist, and it was yeah. published in the back of the monthly film bulletin. Mm. And mm. I mean that issue of the monthly mm. film bulletin that had mm. the list of all the titles. Yeah, yeah. He was just ticking them all yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he sat through a massive amount of rubbish yeah. in yeah, order yeah, to yeah, have yeah. seen every yeah. single one of them. I remember a friend of mine, uh, Duncan Cooper, when Exorcist was outlawed on video, bringing me back a Swedish copy. Oh, okay. Because um, yes. he'd gone to Sweden and he came back. So I had a version with Swedish subtitles. Yeah. You know, Schlappden, Schlappden, yeah. all that stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know. And then uh, I remember somebody bringing back. Um, I remember somebody bringing back an unrated copy of Caligula, yeah, yeah, you know, which yeah. now is uh, yeah. perfectly fine. Uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw, which was out on video before the Video Recordings Act, in that weird kind of wild period when suddenly Cannibal Holocaust and everything yeah. was available. And yeah, like you say, yeah, that DPP list it became the. Yeah. And there are still to this day people who will recite yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which is funny because if you've grown up in the modern era, yeah. it's like, well, what, what does what? this mean when yeah. you can access everything? You know. um, but yeah, there's probably a lot of people out there whose first recollection of you know the Evil Dead or Dead and Buried is seeing it with Dutch subtitles yeah. or something. Well, Evil Dead, of course, was yeah. The, yeah. the other key title because getting the Evil Dead through the Video Recordings Act mm. because mm. during that period mm. of 
prosecutions, there were mm. a number of, mm. you know, lesser because mm. they they won at Snaresbrook. They did, yeah. But there was also another a number of places yeah, in yeah, which yeah. which dealers what happened, dealers would get busted for a whole yeah. bunch of titles. Yeah, yeah. They'd just plead guilty to yeah, all yeah, of yeah. them and then they'd all end up yeah. on the list. Yeah, that's right. And so you had to make I mean I remember again I did interview James Furman about that and him mm. saying, Well, if the law has said that this version is, in inverted commas, obscene, yeah. we have to make a version that is substantially different, different. Yeah, which yeah. I think was like a minute and 40 of cuts. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And, it, you know, mm. Like, mm. like when you take the, the Evil Dead, well, the whole point of it is that mm. it's over the top, mm. but you have to mm. make it less over the top. Yeah, it's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, contrary to the whole point of the but film. But James Furman did know that that film yeah. was funny. I think he yeah, did no, actually the, have the, a problem Yeah, that's it. it. The funny thing is, you know, James thought The Exorcist was a good film. Yeah. James thought The, the, the Evil Dead was quite entertaining. Does you it, know, am, I, was, am I right in thinking that a BBFC examiner mm. wrote in one of The Evil Dead reports that after seeing The Evil Dead, they felt they had been physically assaulted? Yeah, I think one or two people yeah. might have overreacted. And that was what but, made him but, think, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe, maybe I should write it in a bit. Exactly. But now, now obviously it's quite rare for the BBFC to reject something yeah. in fact I don't think we've I, rejected anything on film or video since about 2011 yeah. and, and we don't make that many cuts no. uh, at the adult level do you you've, you've said before that you're you're supportive obviously of cutting material that's illegal yeah, yeah, or yeah. material where animals have been yeah, abused actually, yeah, yeah. in the making of a film but what is your take now on do you think there are limits beyond the purely legal uh, in terms of what should be shown on screen Okay, so my my purest ideological mm. stance is that um, that classification should be about almost more about the making of mm. than the experience of watching a film. So, mm -hmm. if in the creation of making a film, you know, mm. animals abused, children abused, yeah. you know, so, oh, oh, that great mm. range mm. of stuff that mm. we all accept as illegal, mm. I have no, I have mm. no problem with any mm. of that. And I mean, as you know, actually. Mm. There have been times, in fact, when I've been the person who's been antsy about, yeah. you know, animal stuff being yeah. in movies. There was a yeah. famous case of a movie in which there was a bird that, you know... Oh, was this Life is a Miracle? Life is a Miracle, yeah, which right. the BBS... Because the Ritz of Yeah. I mean, yeah. the short version of this is there's a bird being yeah. jumped on by a cat, which has been yeah. set up. And then yeah. the BBFC said, well, the bird is live and the cat, so you can't do it. And then Kusteritska said, the bird's dead. Mm. And the BBFC said, the bird's moving. Yeah. And then Kusteritska <laughs> said... It's moving because it's attached to a piece of string. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think yeah. he had to write a letter to you. Yeah, that's right, confirming that. Which which was yeah. kind of on a par with Van Peebles yeah. writing the letter about saying that's not yeah. my son. Which that's turned a... out to be a lie, unfortunately. Yeah, you which know, is but, evident but, yeah. to anybody. Yeah. You look at go. Uh, yeah. Actually, that is. You yeah. Know, but I know those. What, yeah, those yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those cases in which yeah. the BBFC are put in an impossible yeah. position. Yeah. As far as ideological stuff is concerned, mm. and I think actually the BBFC itself is generally in line with this. Mm. At the age of 18, I think you can't cut for mm. ideology. Mm -hmm. Or it's very hard to think of a case... I mean, it, actually, Furman did used to cut for ideology. Yeah. F Furman was was clear... I mean, here's an interesting case. The, the original Emmanuel mm. was was actually retroactively cut because yeah. because it, the, the whole oh, thing yeah, that happens yeah. at the end about the, in inverted Absolutely. commas, consensual yeah. rape yeah, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. And there is a very interesting argument to be had mm. about that, which is mm. Fer Furman mm. said, well, look at what that scene is saying. Look mm. at what that scene is telling an mm. audience. You know, mm. Do we mm. want that out mm. in the world? Mm. Um, but my, my, my sort of purest feeling is mm. that actually you're doing the right thing, which is that you're, you're classifying what's what's involved in the creation of something and then and and you're 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 looking at age 
mm. acceptability. Mm. But after a certain point, you kind of have to start accepting that it's really up to adults what mm. they watch mm. within those parameters. Mm. That said, I, as a person, I mean, I'm 57 now, mm. um, and I probably become more prudish with yeah. time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember there was, a, you know, I used to introduce this thing on Channel 4, mm. you know, Mark Kermode's Extreme Cinema. And I remember saying to Nick Jones, who made Fear of God, you know, I'd really like mm. to do a series called mm. Mark Kermode's Moderate Cinema, mm. films that are quite nice yeah. that, you know. And, of course, yeah. I, you know, I don't do so much extreme cinema stuff now. No. But I think, I think that, it's a much more complicated discussion when you mm. start classifying for ideology. Mm. I mean, again, all the stuff about birth of a nation, having yeah. the stuff at the beginning, yeah. to, because, it, you know, it's a Ku Klux Klan tale. Exactly. And yeah. there is a very strong, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. you, need to, you need to actually, because actually, I mean, I wonder whether, is there a legal issue with that, that if you put it without anything at the beginning, would it, would it infringe... Race uh, relations, race relations act, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know. So but, I mean, but I think a lot of that kind of historic stuff that just you know doesn't accord with contemporary sensibilities. The best thing you can do is to deal with it by letting people know what exactly. they're getting. Yeah, and, and providing some kind exactly. Kind of yeah, context. you don't ban it, but you contextualize yeah. it, and you explain. Yeah. I think that has to be the case because yeah. it is astonishing. Yeah, I mean, Birth of a Nation really yeah. is like yeah wow yeah 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 and it is interesting now to see the range of stuff that used to be okay in the past yeah. you know even like well 70s television and you just look at it now and think oh my god you know we can't give this a pg it might have been you know prime time tv viewing yeah, back yeah. in the 70s but there's no way we can slam a pg on that now so the best you can do is up the right and give people a warning and say well you know this was the context within which yeah. it was made yeah but um you often mention on your podcast about the bbfc information that we provide which on our website yes yeah. uh, you know sometimes you might be amused by it especially it's deadpan <laughs> style but do you do you think generally that that's um that that's a good thing for us to be yeah. doing do you think that i think there's... it's i think it's exactly the thing yeah. we should be doing and i mean you know we joke about it because mm. it is funny mm. but i mean i hope you understand that that mm. is that's of like course. you know that's a, that's a yeah. fact i mean it's like yeah. somebody I know if you if you mm. if you look mm. at specific mm. details, but there was a mm. film where somebody saw mm. a film which said you know includes one scene of hanging, yeah. which they said yeah. was yeah. like okay, yeah. well that's the end of the. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's exactly what yeah. the BBFC should be doing mm. is properly thought through consumer information. Mm. I know that you're particularly strong on you know issues of self harm and issues mm. of things that. Mm you know, will strike a chord or will, you know, cut to the heart of, yeah. uh, you know, things that particularly younger viewers yeah. might need to be mm -hmm. uh, aware of in advance. But yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think the fact that it is possible to laugh at the specifics mm. of, you know, con contains yeah, an yeah, yeah. animated sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we are, we're, we're always amused ourselves because you have this sort of, in a regulatory role, you have to be a bit careful how you phrase things, but we are conscious how uh, yeah. how ludicrous the dead can, dead, sort of deadpan approach can But you do it brilliantly. Seem. Yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's exactly what you should be doing. And I think on the radio show that I do with Simon Mayer, we do try as yeah. often as possible to, to refer it. people to that yeah. because that's exactly what you should be yeah, doing. Exactly. Um, are there any decisions recent or relatively recent that you've perhaps I was felt were a bit well, I tell questionable? You what, the, the last thing that, that raised an eyebrow, which mm. is about as far as it goes now, mm. was the the film with Helen Mirren and Sir Ian McKellen, mm. uh, you know, the kind of slightly, yeah. I can't remember yeah, what the yeah, name yeah. of it is called. It was uh, some sort of, you know, like mystery thriller. Yeah. Which involved the C word. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I remember the film. Yeah. 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 I was 
kind of surprised that that was in. I mean, for, I was surprised it was in the film because it seemed yeah. completely out of whack right. with the okay, yeah. cup of you know goes down yeah, well yeah, with yeah. a cup of tea and a biscuit yeah. Mrs. Yeah, tone yeah, yeah, of the yeah. film, mm. and I. You know, I had expected the classification to be higher as a result of it because I remember mm. famously with Ken Loach mm. and Sweet 16 mm. that the whole thing with Sweet 16 was given an 18 rating yeah. because of, you know, repeated use. Of this. And, and, mm. and I remember there was a discussion about a documentary that Sean McAllister had oh, made. Northern Soul. Northern yeah, Soul. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that in comparison mm. with King's Speech in which mm. famously the BBFC argument was, well, multiple use of the F word but not in an aggressive way, mm. which you can see mm. could very mm. easily be read as multiple uses of the F word by a king, yeah, which is yeah. different to yeah. multiple uses of the, yeah. F, of the F word mm -hmm. by a kid. Mm. Mm. And I think those are now the issues at which it becomes the, the most... I, mean, I, that was, yeah. I was just slightly... I mean, I, I was slightly surprised by by the c word in that film yeah. because it was like, really, yeah, yeah. You know, what didn't somebody in the editing go? Yeah, that's that's a different film, uh, yeah, isn't it? Is it gonna is it gonna offend the particular audience for that film? Yeah, so maybe yeah. A, a, but a, I think it does come down to that mm, now. It comes mm. down to, I mean, intensity was always an issue, which you know is very hard mm. to classify for. Mm. I remember Wes Craven saying that when he was dealing with the MPAA over mm. one of his films, it might be Nightmare on Elm Street, them saying you have to make it less intense, mm. and him going. Mm. It's a horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. It's like making it less good. But yeah. no, I think I think that it's raised eyebrows. More than I mean, yeah. you and I were just talking briefly about the Tenet trailer. Yeah. And the the going in front of Rise of uh, of Skywalker. Uh, Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question there is, is it a sensible move to put a trailer to put mm. the, the, the beginning of that film mm. in front of Rise? Because the thing mm. about Rise of Skywalker is. It's fluffy. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't have any of the darkness, no, no, no. really. That's and, and everybody knows that being the last Star Wars film, everybody's going to take people under 12 to see it. Yeah. You know, we do know that. Yeah. I well, mean, we, 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 we try to be stricter on trailers, but you can, you can only push it so far when there's nothing in a trailer to really take out. But, but you, you will occasionally have, get those kind of mismatches. You yeah. must have thought long and hard about that. Though. Yeah, That absolutely. must have caused... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one of those uh, trailers where you just think, look, you know, what's in here is fine, guideline-wise, at 12, if it's put in front of something like a Bond film or a Bourne film, nobody's going to flinch, but you just hope that it's not going to be put in front of what it was put in front of. And, you know, we, we try to mitigate against that to a yeah. degree, but um, you're, you, we don't have any control over which trailer goes before yeah. which film, and you sort of hope that choices will be made uh, that aren't always made. But then again, but, I've got to tell you that when I was a kid, one of my primal movie-going memories, mm. and I'm not making this up, mm. right, was going to see Dougal and the Blue Cat mm -hmm. at a cinema in, I think it was Baker Street. Mm. And before it, there was a trailer for, so it must have been a reissue. Mm. It was a kid's film. There was a trailer for a film that was called An Investigation of Murder. Oh, okay. Do you remember that mm. film? Which is based on a, book, a novel called The Laughing mm. Policeman. Mm. And the trailer mm. is mm. a guy gets on a bus mm. and kills everyone mm. and no mm. one sees his mm. face who, mm. who survived. Mm. Mm. And then it's magic run. I remember yeah, exactly, going, yeah. <gasps> but yeah, I mean, we, we, we sort of get these queries from people um, occasionally. If they see a trailer that surprised them and they say, but how can you advertise an 18 or a 15 film before a 12A? Surely you should only advertise 15 films before 15s or 18 well, films. But, but, the, but the reality is the board's always done it that way. There's a have, couple yeah. of reasons. One is because often we haven't seen the film, yeah. so we don't know what category it's going to be, yeah. even though we might be able to guess. But but part of the reason is, you know, obviously with a big 12A film, 
there's going to be loads of people in there who aren't with children and who might be interested in other things yeah, coming yeah. up. So, you know, in, in, in the same way that if you're at a bus stop, you might see an advert for alcohol or something, uh, it's not illegitimate for older people to go along and be informed that X or Y are coming up, as long as the trailer itself's okay. I remember uh, seeing an A-rated film in the yeah. early 70s and seeing a trailer for Exorcist before mm. an A-rated And mm. all that happens in the trailer mm. for The Exorcist, mm. the A-rated trailer, mm. is... A cab pulls up outside yeah, a house. And then the iconic shot yeah. of the light coming Scared out the window. Scared the living yeah, daylights out Absolutely, yeah. But am I right in thinking that on video, mm. there was a point when there was a decision made that trailers on videos would only be trailers for films that were similarly rated? Am I right? I don't think there was a hard and fast rule on that. Okay, I think be, there was a period yeah. in the, in yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I remember talking to Margaret Ford about yeah. this. In which I thought there was some kind of because they were yeah. always much yeah, yeah. more yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, much yeah, yeah. harder on video yeah, because yeah. it's in the yeah. home. Yeah, and you don't want trailers for you know some adult drama appearing in front of a children's no because uh, obviously program. it's going to be watched yeah, again exactly. and again and again. So yeah. it's like why am I yeah. watching the trailer for an investigation of murder yeah. all over well, again? It always amuses me when you look on the system and you see that there's a U-rated trailer for In the Realm of the Senses. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't show you anything. It just tells you there's a film called In the Realm of the Senses. The critics love it. Why don't you watch it? So there was no reason not to give it a U, but it is kind of curious. Um, so yeah, so but, but yeah, so it's. Uh, uh, it can be a bit of a, uh, an issue, <laughs> advertising in general. Um, so we spoke about um, providing information. You also mentioned about um, tone. One of the things yeah. the BBFC does try to take account of is tone, tone yeah. because people tell us that how a film makes them feel is just as important as you know going through ticks box at yeah. what what language or violence is there. So so what's your perspective on that? Because not every regulator approaches it that way, and as you said, it can open us up to charges of subjectivity. Yes, but it also closes down mm. the charges of having a tick box. I mean, the yeah. interesting thing about, okay, Britain, the UK, has the Obscene Publications Act, mm. which is both the best mm. and worst piece of legislation. Mm. The best, because what it does is it actually expresses its ideology, that mm. something is something is potentially obscene mm. if it is deemed to have the capability to deprave or corrupt a significant mm. proportion of its likely, likely or intended audience. audience. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. So a number of loopholes, but mm. it's a it is mm. a, a it is a way of expressing mm. Mm. how British law considers something to be unacceptable. Yeah. If it will corrupt mm. the viewer. Mm. Okay. Mm. I understand also on the one hand, that's bonkers because mm. it's like saying, mm. I don't know, I mean people mm. watch Mary Poppins and go yeah. nuts probably. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's actually honestly expressing what it is that the law is trying to do. Yeah. Now, similarly with the BBFC, rather than saying, you know, if somebody has this or does this or says this mm. or looks like this, mm. it's this category, mm. you do have to take into account yeah. the context in which yeah. this stuff happens, which yeah. actually refers us back to King's yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah. And then particularly now would refer you to something like, you know, again, we were just talking about this before we came in. Mm. Jojo Rabbit is a 12A mm. certificate film. Mm -hmm. Dunkirk is a 15 certificate mm. film. Not Dunkirk. Um, uh, 1917 is a yeah. Freudian slip. Mm. 1917 <laughs> is a is a 15 certificate mm. film. Well, okay. 1917 has battlefield violence. It has decaying corpses. Mm. It has you know it has images that mm. actually wouldn't be out of place in a Lucia Fulci cemetery film. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Jojo Rabbit is a comedy about Nazism. Mm. 
okay. So mm-hmm. I'm now I'm kind of lukewarm about Jojo Rabbit. I think it's mm-hmm. okay. I don't mm-hmm. think it's great. I don't think it's terrible. But it has, as you know, divided people. But mm-hmm. partly there is a thing about okay. Well, tonally, mm-hmm. a comedy about Nazism is a very hard mm-hmm. thing to get to right. Judge. Yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. I think that Taika Waititi can't. And I think actually 12a is right because when you look at the film you know Mm. what's to push it into 15 Mm. but it does create that kind of weird anomaly Mm. which is that you know a film with a comedy hitler character Mm. you know it because tonally actually weirdly enough i think you're right tonally the film's actually quite bland yeah it's yeah. it's not. I mean, that's for me is actually the problem. Yeah. I think the problem is that it is a twelve A certificate film. That's not the problem yeah. with the certificate. It's the problem yeah. with the film. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think that film. But I, I mean, I think in terms of the content, we had to give it a twelve A because really, there's nothing in, terms in of the it. Guidelines because there's yeah. nothing in it. But also, there's not really a reason why twelve fourteen year olds shouldn't engage with no. it. And and whatever your views on the film, the the issues it deals with and the way it tries to deal with them, yes. I think is suitable for that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Oh. There is an argument, therefore, about whether or not, you know, 12-year-olds ought to be able to mm. see 1917. But mm. I think the problem is that if you pass 1917 as 12A, it's like, yeah. okay, fine. Well, in that case, the next time we do a Batman movie yeah. or the next time we do a superhero movie yeah. and we have this in it, yeah. well, how come it's fine when it's yeah, 1917? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that scene in 1917 when George Mackay crawls out of the river yeah. over the over lake of corpses, of corpses. Yeah, exactly. which is, yeah. I mean, I think it's really well done, but yeah. it's one of the most horrifying things I've seen in cinema recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's real and present yeah. death you know and, you know and again a strong film in terms of its uh, impact on an audience and designed to yeah, be exactly. a 15 certificate film that's the thing there's nothing wrong with that yeah. and there's nothing wrong with taking those kind of levels to 15 no no so, absolutely so i think yeah. t- you know t- putting taking tony into account the point is in the end everyone takes tony into account mm. the mm. difference is that you admit it yeah and i think that's why you know my big issue with film censorship when I look mm. back at myself in the you know in the 80s particularly was this mm. I always thought the problem is if you pretend that it is possible to clarify exactly what movies do to people mm. you're telling yourself a lie because mm. people respond to movies in such strange ways mm. the best you can do is to go well broadly speaking mm. we this is what we understand yeah. and and the and the problem is that it creates an illusion of safety mm. because I think, and I mean this in the best possible sense, mm-hmm. film is a dangerous medium. Mm. And that's what I like about it mm. because you don't know what it's mm. going to spark in people. Mm. You don't know what mm. reactions people mm. are going to have to stuff. You mm. know, we all famously know that the scene in Bambi turns out to be the most traumatic thing yeah, that some yeah, people right, have ever yeah. seen. We if all they fam- haven't seen Watership Down, of course. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I know, Let's not yeah. talk about that. Though. But or you know, or the 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 scene in Snow White yeah. with the apparition yeah, is yeah, the yeah. most terrible. Yeah. We all know those stories, mm. and you know, but you know, heaven knows I've in, invoked mm. them enough. Mm. We all mm. know that Last House on the Left is a version of the Virgin Spring. Yeah. We all, you know, we all know that. Oh yeah, so uh, Shakespeare did, um, you know, Titus Andronicus, Titus, yeah, yeah. and. But the thing is, people react very, very differently to movies. So the best you can do Mm. is to accept that it is a volatile art form. Mm. And within that, and I think that that's partly the difference between what you're doing now and what was happening before in the Furman years, was the BBFC's approach now seems to be, this is the best that we can make of this, Mm. and we are trying to Mm. be consistent. And if you think we're not being consistent, tell us. Whereas before it was, this is right, that's wrong, don't ask. Yeah, yeah. 
one of the one of the problems that comes up most often, uh, especially for film companies and filmmakers now, is this um, disparity between the BBFC uh, passing horror films at fifteen, but uh, the MPA giving them a PG thirteen. Yeah. What's your view? Not so much on us giving it fifteen, because we, we we sort of think that's what the public uh, yeah. requires and expects. But about this idea of using the MPA's very tick box system to get these kind of formulaic jump scare okay. films through at PG thirteen. Do you think that's good for horror or bad? Here's what I think. The American classification system is a child can go to see The Exorcist mm. if their mum mm. thinks it's fine. Yeah. And you go, okay. Mm. The American classification system is anything that's genuinely adult is unrated or NC-17 mm. and therefore has problems Getting with advertising yeah. and playing. And mm. so on. The mm. American classification system is based entirely on the principle of selling as many tickets as is humanly possible mm. to the widest audience possible without apparently annoying the uh, the business interests mm. of the, the film companies and the distributors. It's, it's the whole thing. But in America, we, you know, we don't have censorship, mm. they, which they do. They just mm. don't ever call it that. Yeah. And I think that, that, that you look at MPAA decisions. I mean, you look at like what was happening with Wild at Heart, mm -hmm. trimming Wild at Heart to get an R rating. Mm. Oh, that's fine. So you can take Yeah. Kids. So if you, yeah. if you don't have the top of his head coming off and landing, that's mm. fine. A four-year-old can go and see it or whatever, you know, however yeah. it was nine. I think there yeah. was some kind of limited, you know. Mm. Mm -hmm. you know these films are not made for, for children. Kids, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was the thing that, that, that um, Abel Ferrara always said about, you know, Badly Ten. I mean, Abel mm. Ferrara said a yeah. lot of things, but <laughs> yeah. But um, one of the things he said about Badly Ten was, it's not made for children. Yeah. Yeah. Stop cutting yeah. the film for children. Like, it's not yeah. made for children. Yeah, exactly. You know. Okay, well, that's uh, very interesting. Thanks very much, Mark, again, for uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this again. And I, and I, you know, I've said this completely unprompted. And you know yes. that, you know, I have a... I have a history. It's really funny. If you go to my Wikipedia mm. page, mm. it still says, very, very critical of the BBFC, although recently he started to approve of their decisions. And you go, well, firstly, I don't yeah. know who writes Wikipedia. Yeah. It's just everybody, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Isn't it? Some so, crowd... Yeah. Anybody. Anybody, yeah. yeah. Anybody, yeah. right? Best thing about the internet, everyone has access to it. Worst thing about the internet, everyone has access to it. I really do think that since everything that changed around mm. the turn of the century, and I think, incidentally, European law had a lot to do mm. with that, and I mm. think we're all throwing mm. the baby out with the bathwater mm. now, but... I do think the BBFC transformed themselves from a fundamentally patrician organisation mm -hmm. into an organisation that is actively engaging with the audience. And I think that although there are individual decisions that we might have yeah. things about. Differences, yeah. And I hope, incidentally, that mm. one of the things that we've done with the radio show mm. is to attempt to make that, you know, because I, you know, I do yeah. think I did. I slagged you off a lot mm. when I thought you were doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm equally proud to say I think you're doing the right thing now. Okay, that's great to hear. Thanks very much, Mark. <laughs> okay. Okay.